Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell, bringing you the latest information for families seeking to adopt, adoptees, and women considering placing a child for adoption. Now, with today's program, here is Marty Caldwell. Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption. It's a pleasure to be with you today. And I'd like to remind you to visit our website also, letstalkadoption.com. Sign up for our weekly update. Uh, we'll send you an email reminder to let you know when the shows are airing. And uh, also find some great resources for adoption, too. Um, if you have questions about adoption, email me. Uh, also, show topics that you'd like to hear. We get a lot of uh, response on the type of shows that people would like to listen to. So we are interested in hearing from you. You can send that email at Info at letstalkadoption.com. Today we'll be discussing, are you a good enough parent? And this is not only an adoption topic, it's a topic for anybody that's parenting children, whether through um, biological children, adopted, uh, step-parent, grandparents. Um, my guest is Dr. Sybil Gray. Dr. Sybil Gray is a uh, clinical psychologist specializing in assessment and treating of high-risk children, adolescents, and young adults. She is an expert in children issue, children's issues, maintaining a controversial position among parenting experts, advocating that good enough parents reclaim their confidence as the authority, um, as experts of their children, which I really like. And Dr. Gray is also the author of Put It On Your Therapy List. It's a guilt-free parenting um, in a child-centered world a book. She is also the adopted mother of two daughters, too. Welcome to the program, Dr. Gray. Thank you so much for having me, Marty. Well, it's a really nice to have you here. And, you know, um, I'm, I'm laughing because you've got a lot of humor in, in some of your, your work you've done. And I guess you have to have humor when you're a parent, right? Oh, absolutely, especially when they're uh, what we call stair-step in ages. Right now my kids are 9, 10, and 11. Well, my 8-year-old is about to turn 9, and mm -hmm. so I have 9, 10, and 11-year-olds. So I wouldn't survive without the humor some days. That's right. Well, you have done so much. I want to mention, too, that something really fun, and, and you're, you've written this book, but in January 2002, you, you and your family were invited to the White House by President and Mrs. Bush to witness the signing of the, of the Safe and Stable Family Act, right? Right. That was very exciting for us. That was orchestrated, actually, by the adoption agency, Adoptions Together, that we mm -hmm. adopted the girls through. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that must have been a, a chance of a lifetime for your whole family to go there. It was. It was. We still talk about it. We have all the pictures up, and, mm. you know, it's still an opportunity for us to say, remember that time? And sometimes, of course, my kids pull out the, I've been to the White House, and I met the president, <laughs> and then they're for, oh, no, you have not. Have oh. to. Have oh, not. I love it. But it's still, yeah, it's still a, a, a lot of fun for us to talk about that. It was a great experience. Well, and I know you do a lot of speaking, too, in Washington, D.C., and, and the right. area there. About Let's talk a little bit about, you know, um, your book. You Tell me, you know, we've talked about this. It's kind of interesting that you really feel that parents should be the authority and the experts in, in their children, of their children. Absolutely. I, I, that is, um, that's a genuine soapbox issue for me. Some people have um, uh, gently confronted me and asked if that was just a gimmick, and it is not. I feel very strongly that um, general parents who are, who are raising uh, what I call basically well-adjusted children, and there is a such thing mm -hmm. as a well-adjusted child, um, should be the expert and the authority on their own children. Uh, mm -hmm. So many of us get into, just as parents, you know, are we doing a good enough job? And right. uh, let me find someone who can tell me and advise me and lead me and guide me. Mm -hmm. And I think that pendulum at some point has just swung too far in the direction of, 
relying on the experts to tell us how to raise our own children. And remember, mm-hmm. I am a child, a parenting expert. Right. So um, it, it does sound like it's a little hokey when I take that position. But I think it's really true because too often we don't have enough confidence because children don't come with a, uh, a manual. They're not born either th- biologically through adoption when they enter our family with a book and s- that tells us what to do. You know, um, and um, there are and there are books out there, but they can be so controversial and they can be so different than what we really feel. Um, well, it's interesting that you say that um, because I, in my book I have some parenting affirmations, and one of them happens mm-hmm. to be that my child did not come with a manual, and that <laughs> means biological or adoptive, mm-hmm. because neither he, neither my child nor I needs one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why they don't come with a manual. You mm-hmm. you really don't need one. Um, for basic, everyday, routine parenting. Of course, everyone can benefit from some advice and support, um, Mm -hmm. community, family support, but I just don't think you have to run out and get a textbook on how to raise your kid. That's my position. Mm -hmm. Tell me, how about about people that are parenting children that really didn't have good role models themselves? I mean, what advice would you give to them? They they were brought up maybe in a dysfunctional family. Now they're sitting there looking at this child. What do you suggest for them? Well, you know, there's so many times, and what the general norm is, and if you think about it, you will realize that this is true, that many parents who were raised in dysfunctional or even abusive homes, they are very clear that there was something not right with that picture, Mm -hmm. and they are very clear that they want to do better, that Mm -hmm. they want to be a loving, giving kind, caring, non-abusive parent, Mm -hmm. and they set out um, about the business of doing exactly that. They don't always need a parenting course to show them not to smack your kid in the mouth for mouthing off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? They they have an intuitive sense. Now, there are Mm -hmm. some extreme Mm -hmm. circumstances, to be sure, that um, where parenting courses and parenting classes are required, Mm -hmm. but that's the extreme, Marty. That's Mm -hmm. not your... um, Average, average family, yeah. It well, really isn't. It, it, it isn't. And for all parents to lump themselves into the extreme category mm-hmm. is unfair for parents themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's also um, in some way, I don't want to say offensive, but maybe unfair for the truly compromised parent mm-hmm. who may be struggling with mental health issues mm-hmm. right. or drug and um, alcohol, substance abuse or substance mm-hmm addiction issues that mm-hmm. that renders their situation so extraordinary. But right. that's not most of us. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. You mm-hmm. understand? That, I, that's, yep. that's not most of us. And I think, too, is that I think a lot of people, we have fear. Fear keeps us from doing so many things in life. Right. And I think that we're always looking for that magic, um, you know, that perfect situation and what to do and that we're so afraid we're going to make a mistake. And then I think, you know, our parents made mistakes and, and people do and, and kids survive. I mean, um, I, I think that I can think of things that we did as, uh, with my children. I think, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I fed them this or whatever, not knowing. Um, but they're okay. Yeah, and, they're fine. Yeah, and I think you just go through. And I know that, um, you know, sometimes people differ on parenting. So one parent, one uh, spouse was maybe brought up in a home that was very permissive and the other was very strict. And right. there's some conflict. Do you have any advice on that, on how they can come together um, to really parent um, on the same home base? Well, you know, I'm going to sound like I just am a uh, anti everything. I don't know that it is always unless it's extreme. Again, mm-hmm. unless it's extreme, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll use myself as an example because that seems to help people, um, you know, uh, trust what it is sure. that I'm saying. 
Uh, You've got two daughters and you have, have a biological two, son. Uh-huh. Right, two adopted daughters and a biological son. Um, there are many things that my husband and I differ about considerably. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that's a little humorous in our home is how my husband overreacts. He completely overreacts <laughs> to spills. Um, that I don't know where that comes from, but mm-hmm. the spilled milk or the spilled juice just drives him over the you know, wow. around the bend. Mm-hmm. Now, um, he, as long as he doesn't react abusively, mm-hmm. like hauling off and hitting one of the mm-hmm. kids because mm-hmm. they spilled the juice, I don't really work myself up into trying to get him to understand that's really not an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, we disagree about that. With mm-hmm. me, when the kids spill the juice, I'm like, oh, you know, the juice is spilled. You right. know, let's get something and clean it up. With him, it turns into a hole. You've got mm-hmm. to be more careful, and mm-hmm. now we have to clean this up. And it, you know, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. We're very different. We're mm-hmm. very different. He right. would prefer that I really teach them to be more careful and more um, uh, observant about mm-hmm. what they're doing, and I would prefer that he just let it go. Mm-hmm. And I think that that type of difference doesn't always have to be Negative. Um, yeah. a powwow, mm-hmm. like how are we going to handle spilled juice? Mm-hmm. Is that really realistic? No, and I think you have to pick your battles and pick what's important because um, I always I always tell my family, you know, how important is it? Is it going to really matter in a week? And if it exactly. really matter in a week, and in fact, I do to my kids sometimes, and when they'll have a fit and they'll they'll say something, I'll say, you remember last Wednesday when that thing happened? They go, what? And I say, see, oh, you can't even remember yeah. it. <laughs> and they go, I said, see, it didn't even matter because you can't remember it now. And yeah, they roll their eyes. But, you know, I think I think we evolve. And I know as I get older, I start thinking about that and thinking, is it really that important? I'd rather have peace and have my kids happy in the home. Because if the children leave later on and all they have are memories of scoldings exactly. and you know, tie your shoes and sit straight and da-da-da, they're not going to want to come home. Right. And whether they're through adoption or through biological, too. And so that's really, I'm I'm glad you shared some of that in your home because I'm sure that some of our listeners, um, you know, really need to know, you know, gain some confidence in their parenting. And it's nice to hear, too, that you, with all your experience, um, are struggling the same way that the rest of us are. Oh, for heaven's sake, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, on on a daily on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. That's uh, if you've read one of my blogs, mm-hmm. put it on your therapy list. The blog, mm-hmm. uh, it's written from that perspective. Uh, you know, I say, yes, I'm a child psychologist. Mm-hmm. I'm a mommy. Yes, <laughs> and here's what happens in my house on a daily basis. You know, as 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 a mother. Well, let's so, share that. Yes, share a blog right now. You have it's um uh the, your blog spot is a p. I-O-Y-T-L mm-hmm. dot blogspot dot com. Right. So. Put it on your therapy list, um, the acronym yeah. mm-hmm, dot blogspot right. dot com. Okay. Now, I, I am not going to continue to post to it because it's been a year, mm-hmm. but I will leave up all of the information sure. and all of the posts that I've written for the past year for any parent that wants to access. And you are working on an ebook right now, too, which is great. Well, I'm working on um, editing and adding additional content. It mm-hmm. would be more like a, what would that be, a revision mm-hmm. to um, put it on your therapy list because I have additional content and mm-hmm. more things that I'd like to cover in it. Right. So where'd you come up with that title? Uh, that's a joke. That's a running joke in our family, something I say to my kids, because I just don't think I love them so much. I love them like they are my next breath. And, uh, you know, we just have a very close relationship, but we have a very natural human relationship. And when I fumble or when I falter as a parent, and I just don't think it's going to make them grow up, you know, to be axe murderers, I just tell them, let's get over it. 
Work it out in therapy. When you get older, <laughs> add that to your therapy list. It will be okay. Let's keep it moving. I love it. And so that's a joke. Um, yeah. Sometimes you'll hear my kids say it to before I can get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I've really made a, a, a gaffe and I'm trying to repair it and just sort of move on, they'll go, I know, I know. I'm going to have to talk this out in therapy, aren't I? I'm like, yep, it looks like you're going to have to. I love it. Because well, I, I've done the best that I could do to make it all nice, and we just mm-hmm. can't stay in this place. Yeah, and just and we want to move on to another another you know, topic in your life. I think that's good, too. You've got one uh, biological son, and you adopted your, your daughters. Yeah. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about what that was like, too. I mean, as here you're, you're a psychologist. You're coming into this, and you're adopting, too. Was that... Um, is that something that your family was very open to and, and uh, your Oh, son? yeah. Um, that wasn't – we were fortunate in that way in terms of my family and my friends. They were responsive and open. <laughs> I had a few surprises where, you know, some raised eyebrows. Well, why would you want to do that? And can't <laughs> you have any more kids? But uh, we, get know, all, we all get that. I think all adopted parents have, have come across yeah, that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that um, – I don't know if it was naivete or I just was – caught off guard, mm-hmm. but by and large, for the most part, uh, I've had an extraordinarily supportive family. Mm-hmm. I think that really has, is helpful in all adoptive parents, too. I'm going to switch here a little bit, too. I, I, I know that we're going to take a break in a minute, but I want to get into something. You've been working with um, developmentally delayed children and even deaf children, mm-hmm. and your prior practice now for seven years, I guess you've been working with um, really violent juvenile offenders and their families. Yeah. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about that, um, you know, when we come back from break, um, share a little bit about that because, you know, we're seeing children in foster care. We're seeing um, children with lots of choices in life now, and a lot of that leads to, to anger and violence. Yeah. And I want to give some tools to our listeners um, when we come back about, you know, how we can respond to our teens and to even younger children that may be having um, issues and, and um, problems in their life that really we can help with. So when we return from our break, we'll be back again with our, our guest today, uh, Dr. Sybil Gray, regarding um, all kinds of issues about being a good enough parent and helping our children. We'll be right back. On my 18th birthday, I made a decision that would affect me forever. I chose life for my baby. I wasn't ready to be a mom or even to change my dreams of being a singer. Many of my friends offered to help me end my pregnancy. But then I learned about another option that provides a beautiful life for my baby, adoption. I was able to choose my son's parents and even meet them at the hospital. They love him so much and he's an answer to their prayers. I get emails and pictures from them. I even travel to visit my son each year. He has wonderful parents, an awesome life, and a solid future. Everything I wanted for him. And now, I've even moved to Nashville to follow my dreams. I chose life. I chose adoption. Open adoption means you make the choices. Choose the adoptive family, how much contact you want, and how you want the adoption to happen. To learn more about adoption, call 1-800-923-6784 or visit LifetimeAdoption.com. You can speak with a compassionate counselor confidentially 24 hours a day. Call Lifetime at 1-800-923-6784. Welcome back. I'm Marty Caldwell on KFIA 710 AM. And uh, if you just joined the program, Dr. Sybil Gray is sharing with us um, about are you a good enough parent? Um, really important things that we all need to know that, you know, we get, sometimes we get too serious, I think, about parenting. And um, we stress our kids out. I know that's something I have done. And uh, I'm, a, I'm pretty intense at times. And so I have to really lighten up a little bit. And uh, so we're going to discuss that in just a bit. I want to share with you, too, that there is an um, adoption resource I'd like to share with you that I did write for adoptive parents. 
It's AdoptingOnline.com, a book that I wrote. It's um, a very extensive um, research and a lot of um, details in it. You, it's available at bookstores and online, and uh, I know it's been um, – uh, we just shipped out a, a, a pallet uh, that the publisher did. Um, so it's been selling quite well. AdoptingOnline.com is available at uh, local bookstores and also online at that site. A uh, valuable resource if you're starting out in adoption too. So I hope you will take advantage of that. Um, you know, Dr. Gray, before we left, we were discussing a little bit about the work you're doing with um, – Violent juveniles and offenders mm-hmm. and their families. And, you know, even if our children aren't really violent, but they've, they've got some anger issues and things going on, what can you, you know, give us as far as um, helpful hints or, or um, to us as parents um, and grandparents uh, about working with um, our kids? Because we love them, but they've got these issues going on, whether they're through adoption or foster care or biological. Well, um, it's always okay. I, I don't want people to get the impression that um, my mm-hmm. position is, against therapy. Of course, this wouldn't be. I am a therapist uh-huh. or against counseling or um, against pastoral counseling or reaching out to people that are important in your life who can support you and help you find um, real-time solutions to your real-time problems. One of the ways that I even came to discussing um, parents being the authority on their children was because I was working with these very disturbed and, in some cases, violent kids Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and their parents who were struggling significantly mm-hmm. in managing their behavior mm-hmm. and realizing that this is a different need, it is a different population. It's a high-intense population that really needs to reach out and access clinical resources. Every parent doesn't need that. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, my message still applies. If you, the parent, feel that your child's three-year-old tantruming is just so intense and so overwhelming that you feel that you need assistance in getting support, mm-hmm. you are the expert on your child. You should not um, uh, uh, succumb mm-hmm. to, to the pressure of someone saying, oh, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. That's what two-year-olds and three-year-olds do. But you're the expert on your child, and right. you know that there's something that is not going right in your relationship because of these tantrums. Mm-hmm. Well, then reach out and get some help. Mm-hmm. If, on the other hand, you have a three-year-old who's tantruming and another parent is saying, oh, you really should talk to a professional about that, and, you're, and you really feel, oh, but we, mm-hmm. we, we do okay. We resolve it. We move past it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen all the time. Mm-hmm. We're okay. It's not really an issue mm-hmm. in our home or the way it's affecting my child. You are the expert. So I really go back to that message of listen to your, you know, your internal sense of how, how are things working for you and your child as a family, mm-hmm. how are things working for your child in his relationships with his peers, with other adults. Um, don't don't second-guess yourself. Mm-hmm. If you have a, a hint that you're concerned, then reach out. Get support. That's mm-hmm. okay. But if you believe that, that, is, that things are going okay and you're managing it well and you're comfortable with what you're seeing with your child, I would say um, stay the course and keep a watchful eye on it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, too, and, and um, how do you feel about this? I feel that a lot of times people just need to turn off the TV, turn off the computer, turn off the cell phone, and spend time with their kids. And it may be very uncomfortable at the beginning because they're not used to that. Yeah, that... Um, <laughs> Some people would say that we run an old-fashioned house mm-hmm. <laughs> because and we have access to all of that. You know, mm-hmm. we've got the computers, the the telephones, the you know, the TV, all the cell all phones. the gadgets. We have all of that, all mm-hmm. the gadgets. But um, we do limit our children's access. 
Now, every parent may not need to. I have met some parents whose kids are very wired, you know, by um, modern standards, and I think, my goodness, you know, how does he get his homework done? How does he do anything? And the kid's doing just fine. Mm -hmm. So who am I to step in and tell the parent, you know, you really should um, make him come out of his room more. And and, and maybe he should, but I'm saying in terms of the overall impact, Mm -hmm. you know, if the kid's coming out of his room and shooting hoops in the basket, uh, in the, in the driveway and having Mm -hmm. a full, um, Mm -hmm. interpersonal life and, is spending a couple of hours holed up in his room not mm-hmm. doing something inappropriate right. with his computer and the parent is monitoring and mm-hmm. um, um, observing, then uh, that, that's the parent's call. I but so, I, yeah. am sort, I am of the same thought mm-hmm. that you are in terms of mm-hmm. wanting to be engaged with my kids quite a bit. And I think, too, even if you're just next to them and, you know, with them, I'm, yeah. sometimes they think they're really a nerd, you know, I'm, I've, yeah. we've got, we got <laughs> teens and things and... And, um, you know, they, they want me to be, where, you know, wear hip clothes and things like that. And that's not even a word they use anymore. But, um, you know, it, it's hard, but just being with them sometimes, just, just listening to them and not trying to fix everything. Yeah, and, yeah. And, that, you know, uh, I think it, that's I important. love that you said that, not trying to fix everything and being real with them, whatever real is for you. I, mm-hmm. I don't try to be my kids' friends. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not their friend, I'm their parent, right. but they see my flaws. They see me uh, melt down like mm-hmm. this uh, adult equivalent mm-hmm. of a tantrum. Right. You know, they've seen uh, my flaws, and so they know that you know that I'm real. I'm not just mommy. You yeah. know, I, I'm a person. And so, I think I think yeah. that I think they need to see it's real. And I think also, you know, for the, getting back to the violent children and the juveniles and stuff. Uh, you know, they do need to have help uh, sometimes outside, taking a break and just getting that help and then coming back and, and getting new skills Yeah, because yeah. that is unusual situation, you know, uh, which I think uh, we do need help. So for the people that do have that, if your children are involved with drugs, and I think, too, you know, going in and getting used to going in and talking to them on their own turf. I know I've had to learn to listen to my kids' music, and at the beginning I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't think I can handle this. Well, now I'm I'm getting familiar with it, and they know that I don't want anything with any bad language, mm-hmm. and that I want it clean. And and why? But I had to build that confidence with me and say, you know, I'm the mommy, you know. Um, and so even though my I have we have boys that are taller than I am, I'm still the mom, you know. <laughs> That's right. And, and we're so, going to do this. Is how this is going to work in my right. house. Yeah. Um, when you said that you go in and talk to your children, that is something that I advise parents about. They mm-hmm. often tell their children, you know. You can come and talk to mommy about anything, anytime, mm-hmm. but they're not going to do that. Right. You have to go and insert yourself into their world, mm-hmm. and we're, now we're going to talk. And they mm-hmm. are made, you know, mom, it's like, no, Matt, this is what we're going to do because mm-hmm. we can do this. Mm-hmm. But if you sit and wait, and think, they won't come. Uh, because they know that they can come and talk to me about mm-hmm. anything, anytime. It's not like that movie. They're not, if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. No. And you <laughs> it know, may for some. It yeah. may for some, but it's um, not. I, I like inserting yeah. myself into my children's world. And I think you need to do that where you're, you're actually put down your things and don't, don't multitask. You know, look at them in the face. And then, yes. and then share with them, you know, when you do say that you're going to listen to them, if they tell you something shocking, you've got to be able to listen to the whole thing out. Yeah. Um, so that you can't, so they won't say, well, I, I knew you to get upset. And yes. I think, um, I think that you have to really play that whole thing out, but I think using your intuition is really important. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. We've come to the end of our program and Dr. Gray, you've been great. I want to remind everybody about your um, blog site again. If you give that to us just briefly again, is, um, uh, P I O Y T L put it on your therapy list, the acronym dot blogspot.com. 
and uh, you can purchase the book by going to the blog and just clicking on the link for purchasing the book. Well, that'd be great. And I really appreciate your input, and I wish you the very best in all your writing and uh, your family um, adventures coming up. And thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye-bye now. And this is Marty Caldwell. It's been a pleasure to be with you today. Remember to email your questions to me at info at letstalkadoption.com. Until next week, and we'll have another wonderful show for you. This is Marty Caldwell with Let's Talk Adoption. Have a great week. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. For more adoption information, visit LifetimeAdoption.com or call 1-800-923-6784. That's 1-800-9-ADOPT-4. And tune in again next week at the same time for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell.